Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, I'm sure glad that you made it to church tonight, and we're excited about what God is doing uh, If you've been with us over the last few weekends, you know that we started this series just a few weeks back called uh, Leaving a Legacy. And and I just, before I jump into the word though tonight, I just want to mention a couple things to you. Uh, I had the opportunity, my wife and I had the opportunity today to go out with Hands of Hope and go distribute some furniture to some different families. And I, it's been a while since I've done that ministry and it is always amazing to me. We are so blessed to have the people uh, that come to this church that pour out week in and week out and they're, they're not on the stage, they don't get seen, there's no spotlight on what they do, but they go and they work tirelessly. Uh, and, and I just add a new appreciation again today as I stood in our warehouse. I, you know, I, I had all these times I could have picked to go do it and I picked a cold and rainy day, which was brilliant on my part. Um, but it was just amazing to me as they, they just loaded for, I mean, for hours, loaded furniture, went and delivered furniture. And it wasn't a, like a chore. It was a blessing. They were, they, they walked into blessing families. And I just, I, it, it re, rekindled something in me that reminded me of this heart of service. And if you have not found your space at River of Life to find a place to serve, can I just encourage you? This is one of the best things that you can do is to find a place that you can serve, whether it's during church time, doing something here on the campus, or whether it's helping with the food bank or the clothing closet or, or doing Hands of Hope or whatever it looks like. But there's just something in us. God designed us in such a way that when we, when we put ourselves into a position to pour out, it does something inside us. And oftentimes we think, well, I just, you know, I, I don't know if I have it in me to sacrifice. It actually isn't a sacrifice. It actually ends up being a blessing to you. And so, so I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet found that place to do that, you can stop by the Welcome Center or get onto the app. And they, there's different things, boxes you can check of things that you just would be interested in learning more about. And I know that there are many ministry leads that would love to just have a conversation with you about what their ministry looks like and what they're doing. Well, if you were with us over the last few weeks, you know that we've been talking about leaving a legacy And I told you week one, and I I think I've reiterated it almost every week since then, that when we talk about a legacy, a legacy is something that we do on purpose. Legacy doesn't just happen. It's something that as, as adults, we make a decision and we say, I want to leave behind. I want, I want people to remember this. I want to have an impact that will outlast me. That's what legacy is. And so um, I want to take a few few moments tonight, and I want to talk about goals, because I think that for many of us, how many of you are goal setters in the room? Do we have some goal setters? Yeah. Um, goal setting is great. How many of you are, when, when it comes to the new year, you are a new year's resolution person? A few of you? Okay. Uh, I'm not saying, did you keep your resolutions? Because I don't know how many of you would have raised your hand on that. I'm saying you set resolutions. Um, lists and goals and all of that is all good, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about something else tonight that I think is important for us. Don't get me wrong, it's important to have goals. It's an imperative that we have dreams, and I'm even okay with having lists, but the problem is that when we do things just because they're on a list or just because they're a goal that we have, 
Oftentimes what we're not doing is we're not focusing on the legacy that God wants to, wants to work through us. So what if we changed our lifestyle to make it about the one who means the most to us? So if we got to a place where instead of trying to make myself happy, trying to fulfill what I want, we said, listen, I want whatever God has for me. I want to live out whatever God's dream and plan is for me. I want you to listen to Galatians chapter six, starting at verse one, it says this, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Let's pray. God, as we spend the next few moments looking at your word, I pray, Father, that you would show us what we need to see. Lord, I'm so grateful that you have called us to make an impact in this world. Lord, it doesn't matter what job we're doing. It doesn't matter what our upbringing looks like. God, each and every one of us, you've designed us on purpose. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for us. So God, I pray that as we spend the next few moments looking at your word, I pray, Father, that you will help us to see ways that we can push towards legacy instead of just living a life that's comfortable for us. God, I pray for those who will listen to this word in, in Star Valley and those who will watch in Malawi and those who are watching in jail and in prison. And God, I thank you for what you're doing in those places God, those who are just gonna watch online, we're just so grateful, God, that your word does not return void. So Father, I pray that, Lord, I will get out of the way and that you will be front and center and that, Lord Jesus, you'll speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So I wanna look at this for just a moment. There's, there's a lot that we could dig into in this verse, but I want us to look at just that last part where it says we're each responsible for our own conduct because God has laid out in his, in his book that, that we have purpose and plan, that he has a plan for us, that he has dreams for us, that he has things that he needs us to do. And for many of us, the Bible is something that we like, that we, that we don't mind reading, we don't mind hearing it from it, but oftentimes we make our plans based on what we want, what our hopes are, what our dreams are, what our desires are, and not on what his word says. But can I tell you that ultimately it will be the donation of your life that will count more than the duration of your life. So what is it that you're donating to? What is it that you're putting your time, effort, and energy into? Because the day will come when each and every one of us, people will stand up, there'll be, there be a memorial service for us somewhere, people will get up and they'll say nice things about you. What is it that they'll say? What is it that they'll talk about on that day? When, you, when something happens to you and they, they're gonna put you in the ground, I said this a few weeks ago, they'll put you in the ground and come back and eat potato salad and cold cuts at the church and they'll talk about you for a little bit. What is it that they're gonna say? Can I tell you, what if right now we began to live our lives saying, I want to live my life in a way that I can impact what it is that they'll say? People are gonna say nice things no matter what, but what impact are you having? What difference are you making in your world? What, change, what, what, what does it do to have you here? Can I tell you, it was 11 years ago that my grandpa, who was also a pastor, uh, passed away at 95 years old. 
He'd been in the ministry for over 50 years before he retired. He, uh, I was asking my mom some questions this week and I was learning things that I didn't actually even know about my grandpa. I said, she told me that, that when he graduated college, so I, I added from, from like a year after that until when he retired. And I said, okay, so just over 50 years. And she goes, oh no, no, he was in the ministry while he was in Bible school. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, he planted multiple churches while he was in Bible school. And I thought, man, that's incredible. Well, I remember 11 years ago going to Washington where my grandpa was from and, I, and I, I went to his funeral. And can I tell you, as a pastor, I've done a lot of memorial services. I've done memorial services for, for people that are middle-aged. I've done memorial ser- services for young people. And I've done memorial services for people that are really quite old. Can I tell you, normally at, a, at an older person's memorial service, the attendance isn't that great. Why? Because a lot of their friends have already gone ahead of them right? So it's usually a smaller kind of a turnout. I walked into that, into that auditorium and it was a big, large church. And there were, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that showed up for my grandpa's funeral. And after the funeral was done, many of them cornered me and said, Hey, I want to tell you a story about your grandpa. I want to tell you that it's because of your grandpa that I got saved. In fact, at his memorial, they had some, some men that came from all over the country that came to share. Some of them were, were high up in the Assemblies of God denomination, and they came and they shared. And the one guy who spoke, uh, who, who gave the message, my grandpa's name was Eugene Bourne. And so he did a whole sermon on uh, the Bourne ultimatum and the Bourne supremacy. <laughs> but then he talked mostly about the Bourne legacy. And I remember sitting there and thinking, and in the middle of that message, he turned to the family, to myself and my sister and and my kids and my mom, and he, he turned to us and he said, he said, guys, what you need to understand is you need to carry on the born legacy. You need to, you need to take what he has done, because here is a man who dedicated himself to loving Christ and to following Christ and to winning people to Christ. It was what he lived for. It was the most important thing to him. I remember being a young boy and I would go over to my grandparents' house and, uh, and I would sneak into my grandpa's office that he had at home. And there on the side by his desk was another desk and, and there sat this typewriter. And this is the typewriter that he would type it and for the young people in the room, this was a laptop in his day. <laughs> It's interesting to me because I have boxes of his sermons and I, I couldn't help the other day. I was looking at these and I was reading through them and I thought to myself, if I had to type my sermons and make no mistakes, I don't know that I could do it. Like, I mean, backspace is my best friend a lot of times. But for young people in the room, this is a typewriter, okay? So ink, there's a little ball in here that spins as you hit the letters and it, and it prints on the paper. And if you made a mistake, which I look at these, I don't see any whiteout on any of these, but they had a thing called whiteout that you could wipe out what you did and, and retype again. But I remember being in my grandpa's office and he had this sitting there. He had a living Bible. It was a green puffy cover with gold inlay. Anybody remember that particular Bible? Some of you do. And the rest were the rest of us are really old. I got it. Okay. But I remember I would sit and I would play on his typewriter, but I would see these notes next to it. 
And at the time, I didn't really think much about it. But now, as, a, as an adult, this typewriter now sits in my office because I want to be reminded of the legacy. Yeah. I want to be reminded of a man who said, I'm going to live in such a way that my children and my children's children and my children's children's children will have something that they know there was, there was somebody who said, I'm going to live my life with a purpose. I don't know about you, but I want my children, I want my grandchildren, I want their children to be able to say, listen, I come from a legacy of people who have said yes to following Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about three essential steps to pursuing legacy. The first one is this, purpose over prosperity. In other words, we need to figure out our purpose. Can I tell you that each and every one of you, we just had these two little babies come up here and we prayed over them and we prayed purpose over them. Why? Because I know that before time began, he knew the purpose that he had for these two little boys. He knew exactly what he needed them to do and what he wants them to do. The same is true for you and me. And some of you sit in this room today and you've made a mess of your life and you go, yeah, I've already screwed that up. But can I tell you, God is so good and he loves you so much that it doesn't matter how much you've messed up. If you say yes, he'll meet you where you are and he'll bring you to a place of, of doing what he needs you to do. So we've got to come to a place where we begin to pursue our purpose. Many of you live your life pursuing prosperity, you're pursuing comfort, you're pursuing things that will bring you happiness and bring you, bring you some satisfaction in the here and the now. But I'm telling you, nothing will bring you satisfaction like finding the purpose that God has for you and walking that out. Many of us live our lives trying to find a way to be happy here and now. And I've told you this over the last few weeks. Happiness is a myth because it comes and goes. When you pursue happiness, you can pursue something that'll give you joy temporarily, but it won't last because you're always going to have highs and lows. But when we come to a place where we say, I'm going to pursue purpose, I'm going to chase after what God has for me, it changes everything and more important than anything else that we can pursue, we need to pursue the well done. In Matthew chapter 25, it says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. This is a story where we see it's basically a reflection of, what's gonna, of us going to heaven and, and Jesus saying, well done to you. You've done what I've asked you to do. You've lived out the purpose that I've given you. I, if all of a sudden, as believers, we would come to this place where we would understand, I need to live my life for the well done. I want to pursue well done. Because if we would do that, then it would change our priorities. It would change our, the way that we make decisions about our lives. And the thing is, is when we pursue well done here on earth, it actually brings us satisfaction. It goes back to what I was just talking about a few minutes ago. When you say, hey, I'm going to say yes to doing what God has intended for me to do, then all of a sudden, even though it may feel like if I do that, it's going to be me sacrificing something, what ends up happening is God ends up bringing you a satisfaction that can only come 
from saying yes to him. So the second part of this is organize your activities based on your purpose. See, we can say we have purpose. We can believe we have purpose. We can say, oh yeah, I believe that God created me with a purpose. I believe that he has plans for me. I, I believe that he wants to do things in me. But are we organizing our life around that purpose? Because if we truly believe it, then our life should reflect it. It shouldn't be something that we say, well, someday. Here's the deal. Here's the, deal. the devil loves when we say someday. Right? He is totally fine with you going, oh yeah, I feel, like, I feel like God's given me a purpose. Maybe for you, you sit in the room and God's given you a dream of, of a ministry that you need to start or, or an opportunity to witness to somebody in your family or in your, in your neighborhood or at work or whatever and you keep saying someday and you give yourself a good excuse because, well, things aren't really lined up for me right now, but someday... Some of you have been coming to church and you hear people talk about, about learning how to be faithful with your finances, giving. And you go, well, someday, when, my, when everything lines up, I'll do that someday. The devil loves it when you say someday. Maybe you hear me talk about serving in a ministry and you're like, yeah, someday I'll do that. No, today. We got to reorder our stuff so that we can be in line with this purpose, right? We don't know how many days we have left. But we need to live in such a way that we are bringing honor and glory to him. God calls, every, Rick Warren said this, God calls everybody to use the gifts and the passion that they have, but not everyone picks up the phone. Every person that is born on this earth, God has a design for. And he is constantly calling, saying, I want you to live out what I've, what I've designed you for. But many of us are too busy doing other things to pick up the phone and answer what God's call is in your life. The third thing is this. We need to bring, you need to bring your activities into agreement with your goals. So what is it that you're spending your time on? What is it that, you, that fills your calendar? What is it that you're pursuing? What is it that you're chasing? What is it that you're spending effort and energy and finances on? Because whatever those things are, you need to bring them into alignment, into agreement with your goals, with the purpose that God has for you. Many of us spend so much time chasing all kinds of things and God gets a sliver over here. Your purpose gets this little piece, this little, whatever your, your leftovers are that you have. Can I tell you, God is not a God who deserves your leftovers. He deserves your first fruit. He deserves your best. He needs to be the one that we think of in the morning when we wake up and in the evening when we go to bed. He needs to be the one that we, that we ask, God, will you show me? And I told you this last weekend, show me what it is that you have for me today. Open up doors for me so that I can go and, and, and use me today. What if we put ourselves into a position where we said, God, I'm a tool to be used by you. Whatever you want to do, I'll, I'll, I'll step into that. What, what's going to happen is you're going to see the world begin to change around you. I stood at my, at my grandpa's memorial and I had people come up to me and literally I, I had people come and they would say things to me and, and my grandpa... My memories of my grandpa are as he was older. And my grandpa was a guy who loved to tell jokes, but they were the corniest jokes ever. And he would say the same jokes over and over again. 
Every restaurant you ever went to with my grandpa, he would tell the waitress, hey, I think this food is a little musty. And uh, the waitress would go, really? I'm sorry. Yeah, must have more. And we knew it was coming every time we're like, grandpa's not even funny. So I, that's what I knew of my grandpa. He was, he was this guy that like told really bad jokes over and over again. He was, he was older. But then I had people coming up to me and they were saying, listen, I, I wasn't even a believer. And, and one day your grandpa talked to me in, the, in a restaurant. And one day this happened. And, and I got called into the ministry because your grandpa talked to me one day on the street. Or I went to his church and I accepted Christ. And all of these things. And all I could think to myself as I stood in that room is, is the amount of impact that this man who told the musty joke over and over and over again had on the world. Now, he was a pastor, so obviously there were, there were moments of his life that he was on the stage, but he's had a lot of moments that were not on the stage, and I think a lot of those had bigger impacts than even on the stage. So we can, we can use whatever excuses we want, but we need to understand that God is calling each and every one of us to walk out our purpose and to understand that as we look at God, he, 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 his love is for his people, right? He loves people. So for us as children of the Most High King, we need to realize that, that no matter what, God, if God's laid a ministry on your heart or he's laid something else on your heart, that's great. But your purpose will always be to win the lost. Amen. It will always be to win the lost. You're gonna get to reach into places I will never touch. You've got people in your life that will never, ever come and listen to the bald guy unless you speak to them and bring hope and peace and love to them. The Bible says that the wise look ahead and, and look for pitfalls. In, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 8, it says, the wise man looks ahead, the fool attempts to fool himself and won't face facts. Too many people are looking backwards on how life could have been, maybe even playing the blame game. We live in a society right now where everything is the blame game. But God is calling us as believers to not look backwards, but to look forwards, to look towards the purpose that he's laid in front of us, to pursue things that he's laid on our hearts, to chase after his will, not our own will. You have just enough time to do God's will while you're here on earth. You've been given just enough to fulfill your purpose. But when you try to do more than God planned for you, what you find yourself in is a place where I see it all the time. People are on the verge of burning out. Why? Because we're saying yes to everything and, we're, and our purpose is kind of in the mix. And God is saying, no, focus on what I've called you to. Walk out what I'm asking you to do. And when you do that, then all of a sudden now you will, you will not only find peace and happiness and fulfillment, but you'll see the world begin to change around you. My question to you today is where is the well done? Is it in a bank account number somewhere? Is it in a title that you might hold at work? Is it in the amount of followers you have on social media? Where do we find well done? I grew up knowing that the men in my life, the, the adults in my life, were kingdom chasers. They were people who wanted to make an impact for the kingdom of God. I stood that day at my grandpa's funeral and I heard people one after the other after the other talking about the impact that he had. I sat in church as a young boy, week in and week out, 
I'd listen to my dad get up and he would preach. And it became this thing that I knew exactly how he was going to end every service because he would give basically the same altar call every week. And the, and the choir would sing, just as I am. And that was almost every week. But when he would begin to say the altar call, I could mouth it. And so I would, and I'd make my friends laugh. But I look back on those times, and what I thought, oh man, does he got to say the same thing over and over again? But I watched every weekend as people would come to an altar and accept Jesus Christ. I want my kids to one day tell a story about how their dad would stand on the stage and he would give altar call after altar call after altar call. I want their kids to talk about them that way. I want legacy. I'm not satisfied with just living this life for here and now. I want, I want what I do to live on. I want what my dad did to live on. I want what my grandpa did to live on. I want what my boys do and what my, my daughter-in-laws do. I want it to live on. And the way that that happens is when we say, I don't care about the here and the now. I want to, I want to leave a legacy. I want to do everything that I can so that my impact on this earth in the moments that I have will change things for people. I want you to watch this video. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Zeb Anschutz. I am the pastor of the Star Valley campus. So I, I started out as a kid going to Catholic church and it, it, I was forced to as a kid. Uh, at, at the, in the eighth grade, my parents divorced. I, I ended up going to live with my dad and I had a choice to make there of, you know, what, what life I wanted to live. And my, my father was an atheist. And so um, at that point in time, I was living with him and I was walking this path of just straying. Uh, my dad encouraged me to use drugs, uh, to pursue relationships. Uh, I was an angry child, I was violent. Uh, I got into a lot of fights. I, and I spent about 17 years of my life walking that path. Uh, I would go and I would deliberately get into fights. I would try to cause fights with people. I was, I was deliberately mean. And so I went through that for years and years of just trying to offend people and hurt people. And then at one point I found myself in, in jail in Polson, Montana, over a no insurance ticket. And while I was there, I, I, I remember going before the judge and there's a girl in front of me that she stands up and the judge is like, you've been in here multiple times. I told you to get all this fixed last month you have a no insurance ticket, a uh, driving without a license and no registration. And he said, I'm gonna let you go with just a warning and you need to pay these, this fine here. And I remember thinking, this is awesome. I have got the most lenient judge in the world. And I stand up and I have this letter from the owner of the vehicle saying they told me that it had insurance, but they had lied to me. And I go, here's this letter. 
And the judge says, guilty. Maximum days in jail, 20 days, 10 suspended. Maximum fine, $750. And I remember walking down to the jail going, what just happened? What is going on? And, and I'm in jail for 10 days. And while I'm there, a man comes in and he says, I'm gonna share the Bible with you guys today. It was a Sunday. And he had the option of going or not. And I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm here, I might as well go. This man tells me this story about, put yourself in a boat going down a river. And he said, God's gonna try to get your attention. He's gonna put some, some rocks in your way, some boulders, some logs. He said, he's trying to get you to acknowledge him and to turn off, off the river. He said, you've got a choice to make. You either turn off or you keep going. And if you keep going, there's a waterfall and that's it. That's the end. And I remember leaving there going, man, th that guy was talking to me. So I left and I was driving through East Missoula with my mom. And I remember looking over and going, what is that building? I I'd lived in Missoula m most of my life. And I remember living in East Missoula and going, this, this building here does not belong. It doesn't fit in in this area. And I remember looking at my mom going, what is that? And she said to me, well, that's, that's a new church that just started. And I was like, well, let's go. So we started coming. I got saved a few weeks into it. And, and I remember Pastor Jason coming out and grabbing me on my way out the door. And he said, can I sit down and talk to you? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know. And I sit down and I tell him, you know, that, that here I am and, and I hate religion. And Pastor Jason looks at me and he goes, well, I hate religion too. And I was like, well, I can't even argue with you about that. And, and I remember coming to church here and, and even just trying to get a reaction out of people still at that time. And I, I came in, I was wearing shorts, uh, 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 just a white tank top. And I remember walking in and just sitting down, waiting for someone to say something to me. And, and I sat down and big guy goes, hey, come sit with me for a minute. And I, I remember getting up going, oh, well, here it is. Somebody's going to say something. And so I, I go and I sit down and he's like, I'm so glad you're here today. And you see that that man had an impact that even for me at that time, I didn't realize the impact that he had until later on when, when I found myself in, you know, being called into ministry. That, that was a whole nother part of my life where God called me into it. But I look back and I see this impact that that big guy had, that smile, that he showed the love of Christ to me, to someone who was hurting, someone who was who was hurt and trying to hurt people because of it. And he didn't, he didn't bite into it. And instead he said, no, no, we love you here. And so I, I, I dove into serving. I was getting off of drugs at that time. And, and I literally, my work week was great. I could go, I could serve or I could go to work all week long. And then on Saturday was the hardest day for me. And I'd come down here and I'd serve. 
And it was a way for me to, to keep away from, from that temptation. And I encourage you today, if you're dealing with temptation, get into serving. It's, it's important and it's good for your soul. I found myself serving here. Uh, eventually, I, I, I met my wife. Uh, we got married. We had a little boy. Um, I adopted my other son. And uh, God called us away. We found ourselves in Star Valley. And I remember moving down to Star Valley and going, looking at my wife and going, man, I really wish someone would start a church like, like River of Life down here. God had a plan. I didn't know it, but he had a plan. And he has a plan for every single one of us. It's just a matter of if we're going to be obedient to what he's called us to do. You see, I was that person that those around me had written off. I remember my wife and I getting married and she went to work and she, and they looked and they they were talking about her last name and somebody in the office said, you married an Anschutz? Which one? And my wife said, well, Zeb. And the girl said, how? He is so mean. I went to high school with him. He was so mean. And my wife said, God's changed him. He's not the same person anymore. If you're hearing this, the fact is, is God will work through anybody. And some of the greatest stories for God are those that have been written off by them around him. I have family members that'll say to me today, I can't believe you are who you are. We never thought you would have made it to this point. Don't give up. God's got a plan for you. And, and it doesn't matter how big of a mess you are, he can use you. Well, I wanted you to hear that story because when I was down in Star Valley, I was preaching and I just in the middle of it was like, hey, Zeb, come up and tell your story. And I hadn't heard his story in a long time. And I'd actually forgotten that part about my dad. When he was there, when, we, when he shared it in Star Valley, he shared it a little bit with a little bit more detail. But the reality is, is he came in wanting to be rejected. And even though my dad was no longer on a stage, my dad didn't preach at River of Life, in that moment, he had a decision to make. Because my parents came from a background of being pretty like strict. People couldn't wear hats in church, and, and you wouldn't wear shorts ever on a stage or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you don't have to take your hat off. You're good, brother. Um, we got people that come in their pajamas to River. So, uh, But... Uh, Anyhow, in that moment, I'm so grateful that my dad realized that the purpose is people. Amen. And because of that, Zeb stayed and he kept coming and he kept coming. And how incredible it is it, and I know, I know just some of you needed to hear that today too, because here's a guy who everybody in his life had pretty much written off as, he's a jerk, he's, nobody likes him, whatever, he's mean. But God gets a hold of him, and, I, and the other part of that story that's incredible is he gets put in jail for something that nobody ever goes to jail for. And the guy, the guy that even as he's telling the story, which by the way, can we just give a round of applause to, to Mitch and our guys that go into the jail week in and week out. 
there's an impact to be made there. But now all of a sudden, Zeb and Stacy are pastors in Star Valley and God's using them in incredible ways. But I wanted you to hear that because I want you to understand that if we're gonna live our lives for the well done, well done is found in kingdom impact. That's where well done is. Well done is a place in your life where, where when you're doing something today, it has long-term effects. It has an effect on eternity. And that's the thing is many of us pull back from opportunities to share our faith or to speak truth and to speak love to somebody out of fear of what it might cost us. But the reality is, is time here is short. You can't watch the news and not see, see the prophecies being fulfilled day in and day out. Jesus is coming. And we have limited time to reach as many people as we possibly can. With time drawing to a close, my question to you is, are you seeking the well done? Are you pursuing the purpose that God's laid into your life? If tomorrow you were to look out and watch the sky open like a curtain and Jesus return, would you be ready? Would you be ready to say, I've done what you've called me to do. I've pursued what you've asked me to pursue. Because as much as we may think it's never gonna happen in our lifetime, it's coming. And he's gonna weigh our works and he's gonna look at what you've done and what you've, what you've accomplished and how faithful you've been with what he's given you. But even more importantly than that, there are those in your life who are desperate in need of hope and life. Let's be a church that pursues the well done. Let's be a people that chase after the purpose that God has for us. It's easy to get distracted. I don't wanna be distracted. I wanna make as big of a difference as I possibly can, amen? Would you close your eyes with me for the next few moments? Maybe you sit in this room today and you've not taken even the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've, maybe you've been living your life in such a way where it's, it's about you and your hopes and your dreams. And, and when you hear me talk about God having a purpose and a plan for you, that doesn't resonate at this moment. Can I tell you that God so loved the world that he gave his only son because he loved you so much that he wanted relationship with you. So if you're here today and you want relationship with him, maybe you listen to Zeb's story and you're like, man, I am that person. I am the one that everybody's kind of written off. God sees you and he loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room today and you'd say, Jason, I wanna make my relationship right with God before I leave this room, would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand and catch my eye? If you're in Star Valley, you can look at Zeb. Yeah, I see you guys. Thank you for your honesty. Hands all over on that side. Yes, thank you for your honesty. Is there anybody else in the room? Thank you guys. Yeah, proud of you. Anyone else that would just say, Jason, will you remember me in this closing prayer? Yeah, man. All right, man. See you. Is there anyone else? All right, guys. Thank you. We're going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to repeat it with me. God loves you so much. So he says, listen, if, you will, if you'll confess with your mouth, if you'll believe in your heart, it changes everything. Your sin is forgiven for you, of you and, and you are clean. It's amazing what God does. 
So I'm going to ask everybody in the room, whether you raise your hand or you're not, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you see me. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for me. Forgive me of my sin. Today I choose to follow you. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. So today I'm deciding to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you give them a round of applause? If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, the Bible says that God removes your sin from you. He separates it from you. You're forgiven. You're a child of the Most High King. And I would love the opportunity to just say how proud I am of you. I'm going to be in the back of the room. If you prayed that prayer, let me know that you did that. And, I, and, and any questions that you have, we'd love to answer those. For everyone else in the room, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down and they're going to get ready to pray for people. The worship team's going to lead us in a little bit more worship. But I just want to encourage you today. I really believe that there are many of us who have accepted Christ in the past, but maybe we've been living our lives pursuing our own stuff. And in this moment right now, my hope is that you would come to a place where you'd say, God, will you show me again the purposes that you have for me? Will you help me to walk out who you've called me to be? Help me to make an impact. Help me to change the world. Because whether you know it or not, God's called you to be a world changer. I'm gonna pray over you. The worship team is gonna lead us in just a little bit more worship. God, we are so grateful that, Lord, you have called us to change the world. Help us to be who you need us to be. Lord, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that we'll be a people that don't seek our own comfort and our own plans, but, God, we will be legacy builders, that we will change the world. We give you all the praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we worship? The prayer teams are available if you need prayer for anything. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.